Good morning. It's lovely to be with you all this morning. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Michael, and along with my wife Ali and my son Sam, Eli and Fraser, we are part of the Church Central West family. It's great to be with you this morning. It's a real privilege to be asked to speak this morning as we continue our journey through the book of Philippians and look at Jesus, our joy. Today we're, we're focusing on Philippians chapter 3 verses 1 to 11 and thank you Emily for reading the scripture this morning for us. <clears throat> Before we begin, those of you who may struggle to understand my foreign accent, you should hit control S and subtitles will appear on your screen. Go on. Be honest. Who hit control S looking for subtitles? Sorry, I couldn't resist. Just my type of humour. Just a way to relax myself before I go into this this morning. Anyway, let's come before God and open in prayer. Father God, we thank you for your word and we ask that through this passage today, you speak clearly to us. Give us ears to hear and open hearts to respond to your words this morning. Thank you that you love us and you're here for us and you walk with us each day. Thank you that we have a relationship with you and that we find everything we need in you, Jesus. Amen. As I said, we're <clears throat> looking at Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 to 11. And when I first read through these this, these words, uh, I just thought to myself, oh my goodness, how am I going to bring a message on such a large content in 18, 20 minutes? If I'm honest, we could probably speak about these verses for the next month and still not really do it as full justice. In the passages we've read this morning, Paul gives us clear guidance and instruction on knowing Jesus, how to give Jesus his rightful place, how to gain Christ. This is going to be my focus this morning, knowing Jesus and gaining Christ. In this chapter, Paul uses lots of words and phrases such as Judaism, Gentiles, dogs, circumcision. We're, we're not going to look at these or focus on these at all today and these will be picked up later on in the series. What we're going to focus on is what I really feel the, the key element of this this portion of Philippians is and that's gaining Christ, knowing Jesus. So how do we gain Christ? To help us with this, I want to point out three steps that I believe can help us to do this. And I'm going to call them my three PAs, my three personal assistants. So number one <clears throat> PA is personal assessment. Number two is present accounting. And number three is precious 
acceptance. So let us begin with number one, our first PA, personal assessment. For this, we need to look again at verses four to six. If anyone could make it as a Christian based on their birth, the religious background, it was Paul. Let's just quickly look at why Paul say, what Paul says in verses four to six. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. So, here we see that Paul had the right kind of upbringing, nationality, family background. His inheritance stood him in real good stead. He had the right morality and the right standing in the Jewish community. He had all the right credentials. But instead of these things, bringing Paul closer to God, they got in the way. And what some would have seen as an advantage in his day became a disadvantage. In fact, they were probably more than a disadvantage and actually led to Paul persecuting the church and opposing what God was doing. All of this heritage could not buy Paul a ticket to heaven. In fact, it done the opposite. And was a real barrier between Paul and God. And like I say, so much so that Paul went on to persecute the church in some pretty horrific ways. All of these credentials that Paul has give him authority to challenge and the credibility to speak into these issues in other people's lives, including ours today. So, just like Paul, with all this in his favour and yet it not being sufficient, we too need to, need to examine ourselves. Let me give some examples of the things that we might have to consider. So, as Paul looked at his inheritance, his family background, his upbringing, we, we too need to look at that. Being raised in a church, being a good person, attending all the church meetings, or living in the right part of the city, or in the right type of house, or doing the right type of job. In essence, our social standing. We realise that none of these things can save us. Many times, just like Paul, things that we consider to be assets <clears throat> in a church setting or in our lives socially can actually hinder us, block us from pursuing a genuine experiential relationship with Christ Jesus. So friends, point one, we need to assess ourselves and ensure that we're not relying on our good deeds or our attendance at meetings 
or how often we read the Bible as things that will save us and draw us closer to Jesus. Now, please don't take me the wrong way here. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Attending church, praying daily, reading your Bible are all good things. Working, providing for your family, being a good person and doing good deeds are all good things. But what we need to understand is these things alone won't save us. These things alone don't bring us that close, deep relationship with Jesus that Paul is talking about here. None of these things that I've mentioned are bad in God's eyes. But if they become our focus and take our eyes away from Jesus, they become a blockage, just like Paul's background became a disadvantage. We need to move our focus from these things and focus on having relationship with Jesus and ensure that we're having a living relationship with Jesus each and every day and that we put Jesus first in our lives, in every aspect of our lives, every day. So point two of our PAs, present accounting. Let's have a look at what Paul says in verses 7 and 8. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I make in Christ. Here, Paul uses present tense verbs to describe what he does with those things that he used to consider as assets, and he now counts them as loss. He actually reviews them as rubbish, garbage, and the word that Paul actually used goes one step further. And the, the real definition of the word that Paul uses was actually dung, human excrement. That's how far Paul took it in his consideration. So Paul is getting everything he had as loss and casting it aside in order to have personal relationship with Jesus. In other words, Paul is saying that nothing else in his life was nearly as important as being in a personal relationship with Jesus. I wonder, if we take a moment to account for the things in our lives that may hinder us from having that focused daily relationship with Jesus. Because Jesus calls us to do the same thing in our walk. Jesus calls us to be the best that we can in him. And in order for that to happen, Jesus wants to examine our lives. He wants to examine our hearts and see what things we hold on to, what things take our focus away from him and stop us going deeper in that relationship with him and growing closer to him. So we'll move on to point three, a precious acceptance. Here, Paul tells us why he responded the way he did, counting all things such as loss. Here we look again at verses 7 and 8. 
But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Paul was willing to turn his back on everything that seemed so important in his life so that he might be saved. Paul saw the reality that knowing Jesus in an experiential way was worth way more than anything else that life could offer him. The whole point Paul is making in these verses is that knowing Jesus, truly knowing Jesus, is more valuable and precious than anything else in life. Paul was willing to turn his back on everything, everything that was important to him so that he might be saved. He saw Jesus was worth so much more than everything else. And the whole point of these verses is that they cause us to see that knowing Jesus is more valuable than anything else in life or in the life to come. If you have all the religious attainments and you miss Jesus, you've lost everything. Friends, there's a huge payoff here. We sacrifice things that we feel were of real consequence and benefit and we count them as loss. But the payoff is that we gain Christ. Did you hear that? The payoff for counting such things as loss is that we gain Christ. We're speaking in the book of Philippians and we're talking about Jesus our joy. Wow, what greater joy can there be than gaining Christ? Mark 8 verses 36 and 37 say, What good is it for someone to gain the whole world Yet forfeit the soul, or what can anyone give in exchange for this soul? You know, Jesus wants us to see the truth that we can have everything in him. We can have everything that Jesus provides us with. Everything we need, and in realising this, we realise that without Jesus, we have nothing. As I've been preparing over the last week or two, I must have written these notes three, four, five times. And the one thing I realised whilst I was preparing it, I was trying to deliver this message in the same style that maybe Johnny Mellor or Jonathan Bell or Rich Pitt would deliver it. And God has been really challenging me through these verses and through the book that we're using in our clusters, A Call to Act. 
In chapter 4, Amanda, in the book A Call to Act, speaks of spending part of the last 20 years of her Christian life learning to behave like the people around her. Rather than behaving and becoming more like Jesus. This was a reminder to me too that I've done that in part and in preparing this preach, I, I was doing that. I was trying to be Johnny or Rich or Jonathan rather than being Michael, who Jesus called. Jesus reminded me why he called me, why he brought me into his kingdom. He reminded me that he called me to be Michael McMillan, not Michael can preach like Rich, not Michael that can worship like Owen, but to be Michael McMillan. Michael McMillan that God saved and loved, regardless of how I look, regardless of how I spoke, regardless of any earthly achievements or failures, regardless of my background. It wasn't God's heart for me to become like everybody else around me. It was God's heart for me to become a servant in his kingdom, to be a builder in his kingdom, to maintain some of my identity, but to be transformed more and more like Jesus every day. And this is the whole point of the message today. That if we count our earthly gains, our earthly successes and our failures as loss and we focus on Jesus, we count these as loss and focus on Jesus, we become who he has called us to be. We know Jesus. We gain Christ. Jesus knows my name. He chose me to be his son. To be part of this family. He has no interest in me becoming more and more like anybody around me. His sole interest is in me becoming more like him. In God's word today, Paul is reminding us that in order for us to become more and more like Jesus, we have to follow his example. We have to count these earthly gains, successes, failures as loss. We have to count them as loss in order to gain Christ. I believe when God speaks to us, he wants us to respond. So friends, if, if like me and like Paul, you're ready to respond to his word this morning, if you're ready to assess the things that you may have held dear and uh, count them as lost, that you may know Christ, let's, let's respond now. I just ask that if this is your heart, that you, in this moment, close your eyes and stretch out your hands. In acknowledgement to God that you can hear him, and you're responding to his word. 
and I'm just going to pray. Thank you, Father, that you love us. Thank you for your word that you share with us. Thank you that your heart is for us to know you more and more in an experiential way. Father God, thank you that you're there by our side each and every day. And it's your heart to draw us closer and closer to you. To cause us to become more like you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen.